Hello and welcome to the Hoop Collective Podcast. We talk about the NBA, which we're doing on Thursday evening. Joining us from Fort Collins, Colorado. Of all the datelines we've had on this pod, the first time we've had enjoyed the presence of somebody from Fort Collins at the 76ers training camp, Tim Bontemps. Hello, guys. Whole lot going on here. That's what I hear. And joining us from right off the plane, right off American Airlines, from Memphis to Dallas, Dan McMahon. Howdy, partners. It is good to be home. And uh, Bontemps, what's the aroma like in those hallways there in Fort, Fort Collins? It's a good it's a good word for it. Pungent, I would say, is a good word for it. All right. All right. <laughs> it's all legal. It's all legal in the NBA. It's all legal in Colorado. Listen, um, I'm not complaining. I'm a little envious. <laughs> I just said it's pungent. I didn't say anything else. Okay. Um, all right, Bon Temps. We've seen you all over TV the last couple of days. James Harden has arrived. <laughs> James Harden has arrived. Now what? That's a great question. And I think genuinely nobody knows the answer. And that that is the strange thing about this situation. I mean, we talked about it on the pod Monday where everybody was kind of saying, all right, like, let's see if James comes to Colorado. Let's see what the situation is there. Does it come to practice Tuesday? Like, all right, think he's coming tomorrow. And then he's at practice Wednesday. He's at practice Thursday. He's totally engaged in practice. No mm-hmm. issues whatsoever. He's not punting the ball, the balls into the upper deck. Not ready for no. live action, though. Not ready for live action. Uh, I don't. To be to be fair, like half the guys on the Bucks right now are not doing live action. Like I don't. I don't think that is a huge red flag. Nick Nurse has said he's close to being ready to go. He said he's participating in probably. 75% of practice or more. So like the over, like through two days of James Harden here, it's been literally drama free to right. almost a bizarre degree to where there's been no, no issue whatsoever of any kind. And the, like everybody's happy about that. But at the same time, there's just really no indication from anybody of what this is going to look like in a week or two weeks or a month or in four months at the trade deadline. So, and he hasn't kind of talked like, to, like he hadn't talked yet. Like, listen, dude, nope. there's, there's a, there's a huge black cloud that you've created. Uh, answer some questions. Tell us what you're thinking. <laughs> I'm sorry. That, that, that's kind of part of the deal here. I agree. I don't anticipate that happening in the near term, but you know, we'll see if he goes to Boston on Sunday and plays against the uh, the Celtics in the Sixers preseason opener. Not Sixers have their back. well, the Sixers <laughs> have their final day of practice tomorrow or Friday, I should say, today mm-hmm. when the pod goes up, and then they're flying to Boston. They're there for two days and they play Sunday. So we'll see what you know, try, you're going to get a sense from Nick Nurse. Friday, what the, the situation is as far as is James going to Boston? Is he going to play in the game? Even if it's just for a few minutes, what is that going to look like? But I, I, you know, I think so far, I think everybody here would say that they're happy with where things are at, but it's, there's no guarantee it's going to be like that tomorrow or next week or beyond. And it just, it just makes for a very strange situation because there's not, there's just no real clarity for what this is going to be from a day-to-day basis. 
And mm-hmm. like, it's what just do, a weird way to prepare for a season. What do we think the purpose of a two day holdout is? I have Who's no ever idea. heard of a two day holdout. I'm, I'm no trying idea. to remember how long his holdout was in Houston. Oh, he went on a grand tour. Yeah, it was but a two. That was a magnify. That was mid COVID. He's going to. It was. It was a two city holdout. Um, but it was. A, it was only a few days. The, again, yeah, but during back- he was he was going to clubs. I said strip clubs. I don't think they were strip clubs. Were they strip clubs? I can't remember. Uh, I, wherever the personal trainers hang out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Woo. some good athletes in that group. Um. <laughs> Oh, like, but again, we talked about it a hundred times, how the circumstances have changed. And then like there were teams that were willing to throw all the assets they could at the Rockets. And now it's like, you know, there's reports that ah, the Clippers might be willing to throw in uh, maybe a pick swap or something. I mean, come on, like there's just not the market. And honestly, there's not a plan here. Harden, Harden, not, is, Harden, is Harden sat out. I'm looking at a, a story by one Tim McMahon from a couple of years ago. It says Harden oh. came back after missing the first two days of team practices. So there you go. Right. All right. Well, wait a minute. That we, and media day. That was a three day holdout. Three days. Only a two day holdout. Like only a two sure. day holdout. Two cities. Uh, certainly high profile. Uh, little baby was. You know, there were honey buns delivered, and you know. Drinks to be had. It was a good time. I assume. Well, look, I, here to me, protocol, so I would not have attended. Right. I mean, here to me, it seems like the situation here is sort of straightforward from the standpoint that James Harden is protecting his money and he's here and he's participating. He's obviously hoping to get traded still, preferably to the Clippers. That's obviously not changed. But I think the real question is, and as you just sort of alluded to there, McMahon. I think if this gets if this if the Clippers get to a point where Terrence Mann and multiple firsts are on the board, I suspect that there will be a James Harden trade. There you go. There's also there's also not a lot of reason for the Clippers as of right now to give up everything they have to get James Harden when there's no. only one team bidding for him. You know, so we'll see where that goes. But to me, I think when this will get interesting again, because I'm guessing, and this is just a guess, but I'm guessing he's going to stick around for the preseason and go to practice and do his thing with the team. I think when this will get interesting again, I would guess is in a couple of weeks when we approach the start of the regular season. And that will probably be, I would guess the next time that there is a sort of a checkpoint and like, okay, now we're getting to regular season games. Are you going to be, participating in regular season games are you going to be are you going to go home are you going to do something like what happened with the nets right at the end of his tenure when he was you know pretty clearly having a you know doing his best to get out of town with the way he was playing and like, the rockets same thing in the rockets after that one amazing first game he sort of was like all right it's time to get me out of here now so like that i think will be the next checkpoint but I was will that game say, in Sacramento that like last Nets yes, game. The Nets game that was, was in Sacramento. That was an iconic performance. Yeah. So like, uh, you know, I think at that point, will we find out if if the, is this going to be a situation where he's going to play and you know be fully invested in games until he gets moved or until they can find a deal for him or not? But, but here's the thing: his beef is with the GM. Yes. So 
And he's made that known and he's already skewered the GM or president, whatever his title is. Right. So does it really behoove him to act out on the court? If if he if he really wants to create problems, just keep giving interviews, skewering the GM. I don't think yeah. acting out or not playing gets him what he wants. But if he continues to make life hard for Daryl, that could yeah, that I don't, help. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But the other thing is like Daryl's a robot. Daryl's feelings aren't going to get hurt. Daryl's not going to say, oh my gosh, you're saying mean things. Now I'm going to make a trade I think is a terrible decision. Like, you know, if there's any GM in the league who you can't rattle from like an emotional standpoint, it's Daryl Morey. By the way, is James Harden a liar? Yeah, I just, or maybe he changed his mind. I don't know, but his quote was, Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be part of an organization that he's a part of. And then he said, let me say that again. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Uh, what organization has James Harden been a part of in practice these last couple of days? Well, I mean, look, at the end of the day, James Harden, even if his goal is to get a trade, right, to me, what he's done the last couple of days is the best path to doing that. If he shows up and plays like he did last year for the Sixers and is playing really well, then he's going to have an opportunity, I would think, to be in a position to potentially get moved between now and the trade deadline. If he like disappear, you know, if he like starts acting out, I don't know what the Sixers would do. My assumption what the Sixers would do is say, fine, he can go home and we'll try to make a trade and we'll have Tyrese Maxey be our point guard and we'll figure out whatever the best deal we can get is later. That would be my guess for what would happen. And I don't think that's helping James Harden get traded, nor do I think it's helping him get paid next summer. But that also doesn't mean that's how this is going to go for the next three weeks or beyond that. When Harden came out for that first game and, you know, when people joked that he was wearing a fat suit, no, that wasn't the first game. First game was 44 and 17 in Portland. It was a hey, just to let y'all know I can still do this. That's right. And what the, was the fat what was the fat suit? Uh, I think that might have been the home opener. That might have been the home opener. It was but I it think was, it was against the Raptors, is my point. Okay. So Nick Nick Nurse was there that night. <laughs> he remembers that show, is what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm fairly certain it was against the Raptors. You might be whatever right. that fat that alleged. I don't think he was wearing anything, but you know, I think the, he just the, had like multiple shirts on. Is what the the issue was. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. He does look like he's in shape. He's definitely think- in shape. Yeah. He's definitely in shape, and he looks great in practice. Like that's what I mean. Like universally, he's been praised for how the last couple of days have gone by everybody involved. Now, so I, I would not be uh, anticipating James Harden like getting into, into a defensive stance anytime soon. Well, I mean, that wasn't happening on the best of days, so I don't think that's going to change now. But, like, I mean, look, that we've talked about this going back to the spring, but, like, you look at this team when they're on the court, and these guys have a lot of talent. Yeah. Like, they have a chance to be really good. If this guy, like, look, he obviously is going to want to get traded. Let's just say tomorrow he woke up and said, you know what, Daryl's not going to trade me. I'm just going to treat this like Kawhi Leonard. I'm going to go out here and play one year with this team like you did for Nick Nurse. Just ball out and get myself yeah. paid next summer. Like, I think this team would have a chance to go really deep in the playoffs, 
I think they match up particularly pretty interestingly well with the Bucks, and mm. they've got a new coach in Nick Nurse. Like I'm just saying, they at least have the chance to have a very they, interesting year. They've got a if chance that were to, to happen. Yeah, no, they've got a chance to win a lot of games, be a three seed, and get bounced in the second round like they always do. Well, and that would, I mean, look, that would be the, that would be the, if you're going by the odds, right? That would be the most likely outcome, obviously, but they do have a really good team. And if he did at some point this season, decide to be invested in them through the playoffs, like they're going to be a really tough out. Yeah. And it just, you know, it just, it's just made for a really strange couple of days because everybody here is sort of like, well, things are good, but we don't really know where it's going. And on all yeah. sides. Sunday it's just actually. Like, all right. S- Sunday actually a pretty interesting preseason game. I don't know who's all going to play for everybody. Um, Celtics hosting 76ers mm-hmm. for a number of different reasons. That could be interesting. We'll see. The I don't Celtics know. Having a, the Celtics having a back to back for their first two preseason games is just a delightful thing to back to back in three games in four days. Very useful. I'm, I, I would go out on a limb and say that. The starters aren't playing both. <laughs> no, All right, but but that's no. the first game, right? Saturday is the or Sunday is the first game. Sunday's the first game. Then they play the Knicks Monday, and then they play the, the Sixers again in Philly on Wednesday. Right. So they're gonna. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Could we'll be see what happens. Could be. More Hoop Collective podcast after this. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hits, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So who's ever up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it. You won't find the satellite dish, but you will find your MLB games are on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com and sign up today. Claim based on total games carry on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Warm up with the hottest games live with Vivid Seats. No matter the sport, Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love. Plus, with Vivid Seats rewards, you can score free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, an annual birthday discount, and more. They're the only ticket company in the game that rewards fans for every purchase. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code HOOP. That's code HOOP. H-O-O-P. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. But significant news from the 76ers today. Joel Embiid comes out and officially announces he's going to play for the Americans uh, next year's, uh, or at least his plan is to play for the Americans next year at the um, He plays in the Olympics. He'll play for Team USA. Right now, um, a couple of things here. Uh, number one, I can tell you that this recruitment has been going on for at least a year. Joel became a, uh, American citizen in the summer of 2022 in the fall, sometime in the fall, uh, Grant Hill, who's the executive director of USA basketball, went to Philly, sat down with him and said, Hey, felt my fellow American. How'd you like to, how'd you like to play for the good old US of A? Um, and basically, you know, answered his questions, sounded him out, recruited him. Um, I think Grant and the U S were, um, felt good about their chances, but didn't know. 
Um, last year, uh, when I was in Paris doing Victor Wembanyama uh, stuff, I uh, spent a little bit of time with Vincent Collet, the mm-hmm. French national team coach. We, of course, talked about this. Um, he said he was hopeful, but um, was not, how would I want to put it, that I'm not going to get obscenely aggregated. Not optimistic. He was hopeful, but I did. He didn't think that it was the greatest chance ever that yeah. he was going to play for the French. Certainly, there had been some interest, especially after the French lost to the Americans and in, in the Tokyo Olympics. I think Joel had shown some interest. He had French citizenship. Um, he, you know, he he could have played for Cameroon. Now, let me just say the Cameroon situation. Obviously, a native of Cameroon came mm-hmm. to the United States to play for Kansas. Um, and has you know been living in the United States almost exclusively since then. Um, his French citizenship came because of the French ties to Cameroon. I believe Cameroon was a French colony at one time. Um, so I think that Cameroonians have um, a pathway to French citizenship, or a stronger pathway than the average person. Um, Cameroon is not qualified for the Olympics. They have not been eliminated. There have been several teams that have been eliminated, such as Argentina, such as China. Those teams will not have the opportunity to even compete to get the Olympics. But Cameroon did win a regional qualifying tournament in Africa this summer, and they are alive. Now, there are four bids left, 24 teams. Uh, we'll try to qualify. There's uh, four different pods of six. Those haven't been determined where they're going to be yet. Um, Cameroon would be a long shot to qualify now. Unless they have like uh, a guy who was a MVP of the NBA or something. And an NBA forward and Pascal Siakam. Pascal yeah. Siakam and Joel Embiid are both eligible to play for Cameroon and could have played for Cameroon. The turn- Those tournaments to try to qualify for the Olympics are scheduled to be played July 2nd through 7th. So it is theoretically possible that Joel, regardless of Siakam, could have gone to try to help Cameroon qualify. Um, but then he would have had to play in that tournament, hope the to win, and then the Olympics. I think it's going to be remarkable if Joel is going to be healthy enough to play in the Olympics because he's right. finished the last several seasons with some significant injuries. Mm. Um, as I point out, I know LeBron has jumped forward and declared he's going to be there. But if the Olympics were this summer, LeBron would not have been able to play. I don't think Joel would have been able to play um, because he had that knee injury that took place in the playoffs. Uh, But okay, I can't see the future. Maybe all those guys will be able to play. Um, He's because we could have played for Cameroon and elected not to, but the Americans are qualified and are in. Um, There is some belief that the French needed an answer soon. Now, Technically, you don't have to give your lineup until right before the Olympics. And in theory, Joel could have declared on July 15th he was ready to play for the French, and the French could have taken him. There is a little bit of an issue that the French have a national team center who's very decorated, who you may have heard of, named Rudy Gobert. And they have another big man who you may have heard of who's going to play for them next summer, Victor Wembanyama. That's not to say that all three of them couldn't play. That's not to say that. If Embiid played and Gobert decided he didn't want to, that that wouldn't be a still a good oh, thing for France. Gobert's playing in in Paris. Okay, can... I'm just I'm just going over scenarios. Unless his leg um, has fallen off, literally. Okay, 
So um, the French have kind of made it known that they are about to announce a number of things about their basketball program, confirming their coach, confirming the GM. I don't expect there to be changes there, but they had a terrible showing at the World Cup, yeah. did not get out of pool play, um, announcing various things on October 10th. So while it wasn't like announced in or out by October 10th, it was kind of like, let us know. Yeah. Like, are, you, like, are we still in the run? We need to know. They need to know, but I, I, I highly doubt that if Joel didn't say anything, he would have been like, that's it. Go be an American. Well, I think it's uh, also just in, in his best interest to deal, like get, like make your decision. This is it. Let's talk about it. And then boom, the focus is on preseason going into your NBA season. And that was exactly what he said today, that he wanted to put this to the side and be done with it and move forward. And look, I've been, as you, as we are, as anybody listening knows, as you guys both know, I've been at many Joel Embiid press conferences in recent years. And he's been asked about this innumerable times, often by reporters from L'Equipe who come to see if he's going to play for the French. And I've learned enough French just hearing the question that I have an idea that he's about, hey, are you going to play for the national team? And Joel says, ah, I'm not going to answer that right now. I'm focused on the Sixers. And then Monday, he got asked about it at media day. We didn't get a chance to talk about it on the pod. And his response wasn't, ah, I'm going to think about it later. It was, well, I got to choose between Cameroon and the U.S. and France, and I'm going to decide the next couple days. Yeah. And when he said that, I was like, all right. Certainly seems like he's going to be announced he's going to play for Team USA this week. Yeah, he's now, not announcing uh, he's he's going to be playing for France and then play in the NBA for the next six months and not hear about. Yeah, it. I mean it. I mean, yeah, I mean it. It, it certainly lined up that way. Grant Hill was here uh, in Fort Collins on Wednesday. Met with Joel. Um, he talked to Boris Diaw again um, from the French. Obviously, you know, former NBA player in charge of the French national team. Same kind of job that Grant Hill has. Um, you know, but at the end of the day. This makes sense on a lot of levels for Joel. As you mentioned, he's been here well over a decade. He's obviously married as a kid here. He's played here forever. He just became a citizen. And also, let's be honest, now Joel can walk into this gigantic gaping hole on Team USA yes. and look at what was the whole narrative today. Joel is the savior coming in to save By the way, USA, which has no interior size. So Joel works out Embiid, on all levels. Joel Embiid plays a hell of a lot of taxes in the United States of America. He can be a citizen, okay? He pays a hell of a lot of taxes. Uh, Grant Hill said the following it's about Joel pays a hell of a lot of taxes himself there. Go on. That's also <laughs> true. It's exciting for USA basketball that Joel Embiid wants to represent the United States. Joel and I have had several conversations about his goals, and I'm looking forward to continuing that dialogue, knowing that one of his goals is to represent USA basketball next summer in Paris. So he didn't exactly say he's on the team. Oh, um, as I said before, I'm looking forward to the process of building the 2024 USA basketball men's national team roster over the next several months. Now, here's what here's my thing. Obviously, yeah, jo Joel, is Joel, Joel also said today, just to, just for clarification, because I know what you're going to say. Joel also said today, I really want to play next summer. My goal is to play next summer. We'll see if I'm able to play next summer for the same okay. reason. If Joel is healthy, Joel will be on the team, just to be there clear. But I think the point that Grant is trying to make with that statement, in addition to expressing gratitude for Joe, for the for the, uh, the desire to play for Team USA, is that nobody gets to just declare they're on the team. Now, 
Yes, they is do. Kevin du- is yes, Kevin Durant going to be on the team that he gets to play? Yes. By the way, Kevin he's Durant on Monday declared he's going to be on the team. Yes. Well, Kevin Durant is the most decorated player in USA basketball history, so he actually sure. has that. LeBron can to declare that. he's on the team. He has. Yes, Nike, but I think Nike runs the Steph team. Curry's never LeBron been. Gets to be on the team. I agree. I'm just Steph saying. Curry I think declared. Devin Booker has declared. It. I got it. I'm just saying. I think Grant wanted to make it clear that just because you announce doesn't mean you have a spot locked down. Well, yeah, that's true for some Not people. Necess- I, if well, I announce, exactly. hey, Grant, I'm going to play in the Olympics, they'll say, yeah, get well, out of here. Exactly. If well, Steph Curry whole, says, I'm going to play in the Olympics, then, whole, oh, Steph, here you go. Well, I'm not talking about those guys. A whole bunch of people have expressed interest. Some of them may not make the team. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Grant issued that statement today. Okay. Um, yes. Yeah, so one thing I'll say before capital? you. <laughs> I didn't hear what he said. Any of them in the nation's capital? <laughs> um. One more thing about about Joel. I have seen people see all of these guys declare that they're going to play for Team USA and been like, well, dream team 2024, going to lock down this fifth straight gold medal. Guys and girls, the Americans need every scrap of talent they they can get. Nothing's going to be locked down. Nothing. And well, I mean, let's let's just wait and see if if 10 of the 12 best players in the world are playing on Team USA, I, I think they're going to be in pretty good shape. I said what I said. He said it. Nothing I said it. Oh, I said it. Lockdown. <laughs> I'm telling you the challenge to win at this highest level. The U.S. won, barely won the Tokyo Olympics on a wing, a prayer. Greg Popovich. Yeah. Playing yeah, triangle and, this, and two and Kevin and this, Durant's greatness. Yeah, and this team is and this team is on pace to be like three times better than that team if these guys play. All right, we talk about the NBA, man. Come on, we we, right. we, we killed a lot of summer time talking. That's about right, international. Age, but <laughs> All right, listen, best story would have been Embiid playing for Cameroon. France thing would have been kind of weird to be honest. And America's the easiest path to a gold medal. So, you know, he's proud to be an American. Um, hey, the other thing about Embiid, I do want to say, I, I am glad that I don't know if he's seen specialists or what, what's happened, but he's definitely gotten over his allergies to uh, to altitude. He has been able to, Bontemps, I believe, has been able to be a full participant in practices in Colorado Springs. I wasn't sure that he could handle that thin air in Colorado. Coach Prime wasn't quite sure either. Well, he's not now in, that he's was not in Colorado. He's not in Colorado Springs. He's in Fort Collins. But well, he, has pra- he, has, he has been practicing, though. He has yeah. been practicing. So what McMahon's referring to is um, <laughs> last year, obviously, when the 76ers came through uh, Denver, Joel was – I don't what, – do you remember – Last year what, and the year before and the year before, and I believe the year before. I think it, – is it 19 or 18 is the last time? Well, the, the Sixers were at the end of a very long road trip. Oh. I'm just – I'm just, no, I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying what happened. They were at the end of a long road trip. I think it was a five- or six-game trip, and Joel was dealing with some calf issue or foot issue. I think it was a calf issue. And they sat him out of the Jokic game at the end of the regular season, uh, which was disappointing as someone who was here to see the game. Okay, so all right, let me tell you what happened here. So the while they're in Fort Collins, the 76ers, I don't know if the whole team won or some of the team. Players and trip. coaches, players and coaches arranged by Nick Nurse. Okay, headed down to Boulder to see 
Coach Prime, Deion Sanders. And the this pissed off JJ Reddick, who oh. didn't think that <laughs> who didn't it think did? that he was mumbling about it on Twitter for sure. Yeah, who who didn't think that a motivational speech in front of players should be um broadcast. However, what coach has he, all has he co- been around Deion Sanders his entire life is on well, camera? That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> his his son, that's through. what he does. Deion Jr. Is, is, you know, this is what he does. Oh, is that is Films. that right? Yes, he films every like aside from trips to the lavatory, he's pretty much filming everything Prime does. <laughs> All right. So here's what Dion said to the 76ers back when me and MJ came up. By the way, I I love Coach Prime. I love Dion Sanders. The two-way stars when I was a kid, him and Bo Jackson. I was just amazed by it. Gotta love comparing himself to, to Michael Jordan. Listen, That's... he's the only guy to ever play in a World Series and a and a Super hey, Bowl. Listen, he's on a pretty just... short list. I agree. I'm just saying. Back when me and MJ came up, MJ, MJ wanted that smoke. He wasn't ducking. Ooh. Whoever was that dude, he was going to get it. That's the era I came up with. Now, the main guy don't guard the main guy. He don't want it. <laughs> it's a different. It's a little different today. A lot of folks duck that smoke. <laughs> they want to be Tarzan on paper, which is pretty good. <laughs> don't sell me the game. That is what I'm going to get. But then when I turn on the TV, I don't get that. I don't like that. If Embiid's playing the Joker, I want Embiid versus the Joker, all right? I want to see that. He knows he's going to get it. I love it. I love the matchup, but I want to see it. (laughs) Embiid's sitting right there. He said it right Right there. Now, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Do we really think that Deion Sanders had any idea that Joel Embiid has missed these games? Yes. The Joker didn't even apparently know who Deion Sanders was. It's not like the two of them are walking arm matter. in arm down the streets of Boulder. Deion no, probably I, had tickets to that game. Deion knows just, who the Joker it. is. Yes, Deion <laughs> watches hoops. He knew. I was yeah. just asking if he knew. He, he I wasn't. Him out. Hey, he wasn't in Boulder yet by then. I don't think. If he if if he was still full blown Troel, he'd have showed up the next day wearing an Oregon T shirt. <laughs> <laughs> He's slipping. It's I, probably I hard asked, to get. Oregon sized t-shirts for him on short notice in, uh, in Fort Collins. I asked the big fella the next day as he was walking out, uh, how he enjoyed the, uh, the experience of coach prime. And he very much enjoyed it. He thought it was pretty cool. And I, that was the, that everybody, everybody around the team was pretty fired up about it. They had a, they had a very good time. Well, he did smoke Joker in Philly last year. Oh, Hey, listen, he didn't show up when the MVP was on the line. It was, I'm tired. That's all I know. That's all I know. So we could have, we could have, we could have another round next different. year in Paris. Could have another round next year in Paris. Hey, well, how, hey, they're also scheduled to play twice this year. In the NBA. Yeah. I want to see him. I want to see him in Denver. That's all. <laughs> I, I do. I'm going to look right now. I'm going to look right now on the schedule and see where. Let's see where that is. I haven't really, I haven't studied the schedule as much as I need to yet. So I don't know when this game is. Let's do a quick gander and see when the Sixers are playing the Nuggets in Denver. Gander is a good word. Well, I try to to come up with good words for you, Nick. Our buddy Tom Haberstroh has his own Substack now. He, um, ooh, Saturday uh, night. January 27th, Saturday afternoon, I should say, on ABC. We got two got a day off before, got a day off oh. after. 
I believe oh. that falls into the old uh, the old the new rules. Hey, listen, oh, that's a that is a that is a game you cannot miss. Well, not only do they have a uh, wait, hold on, uh oh, playing them and playing them twice in eleven days in the middle of January. By the way, maybe the NBA scheduled the game that way on purpose. Ooh, hey, ABC, theory. ABC, come on, baby, we we need we need you. <laughs> So, anyway, Tom Haberstroh has his own. <laughs> Tom Haberstroh has his own Substack now. Um, he just started it called The Finder. He uh, did an, based on this did an analysis and found that the visiting stars rest more in Utah and Denver than any other place. That didn't surprise um, me. Well, no, it makes sense. What, what city is third? Utah one, Denver two. What city is third? Atlanta. The last. Over the last two years, <laughs> Atlanta's in the top five. Uh, Miami, Phoenix. Phoenix. Oh, I don't Phoenix. know why. Scottsdale flew. Duh. <laughs> there you go. Scottsdale flew alive and well. I knew What's it was going to be one of those cities. What's last? Oklahoma uh, City. <laughs> Not if there's bed bugs. The the last how many years? Last two years. Houston. Uh, Chicago. Chicago. Hey, I don't know why. Nice. Could just that's be variance. Chicago. Yeah, yeah, there was a story that came out this week that ahead of the Olympics, um, that there's a bit of a bed bug infestation that's happening in Paris oh, hotels. I'm not. I, I thought of you when I saw this. Um, not ideal. I I did have a bed bug attack once in a hotel in Sacramento years oh, ago. Oh, why you got to throw Sacramento under the bus? Well, I didn't say what hotel it was. I just never stayed there again. Um, Anyway, uh, I don't know if Kyrie lounge. It did not. Um, In the first place, because they didn't have any that did. Um, Kyrie may not be interested. He may withdraw his interest in Team USA once he finds out about that. (laughs) Listen, hey, the Oklahoma City hotel scene has improved significantly since Kyrie's bed bug incident. That's true. There's a bunch of great hotels in Oklahoma City. Um, where I'll be going on Monday for Vector Wembanyama's first game. I hope he plays. Uh, Pop, please make that happen. Um, and uh, come on, hey, come on down on Saturday. Use your uh, come come down to Dallas on Saturday. Use your big timingness to get us some Texas OU tickets, and then you can just head out across the Red River with the losers. <laughs> uh, big game between Ohio State and Maryland on Saturday. Gotta oh yeah, Ohio that. State's only favored by three touchdowns. Um. All right. Speaking of the Mavericks, uh, they're in Abu Dhabi. Um, played their first uh, the first preseason game of the league uh, year. Came out uh, mm-hmm. today. Um, they got beat by twelve by um, an Anthony Edwards less um, Timberwolves team. It was actually worse than that. It was like twenty eight or thirty at some point in that game. Carl Towns played well. Um, McMahon, we didn't get to, we didn't get to talk about the Mavericks. They kind of fell into a little bit of a a, a donut hole for us because yeah. we were talking about other teams um, and the Dame trade and the Dame trade and the Drew trade. And then media day, they were already on their way to the middle East. Mm-hmm. Um, you did go to media day for the Mavericks last week before you go into Memphis. Um, obviously an extremely disappointing season last year um, made some changes to the roster, but not dramatic. Uh, the big thing was they re-signed Kyrie Irving. Uh, brought in Grant Williams. Is that the biggest addition, would you say, bringing in Grant Williams? Uh, I think the biggest addition was the subtraction of Christian Wood, but sure. <laughs> and JaVale. 
Uh, yeah, Grant Williams would be the highest profile uh, acquisition. All right, what we're where are you at well, right now with well, unless the you want, Mavericks? Unless, gonna say. unless you want to count Derek Lively um, and the way they handled the draft, where everybody thought they were going to trade for a vet, they ended up trading down two spots, uh, basically turning one pick into two, and then getting uh, Rashawn Holmes, who doesn't look like he's going to be much of a factor. There's a lot of weirdness with the Mavericks, which, you know, what else is new? Um, look, nobody's going to just overreact too much to a preseason game. Um, the Luca line is interesting. He had 25 points in 17 minutes and was minus 13. That's a difficult combination of numbers to. Uh, and he to- finished the game. No, he only played the first half. I mean, like you know, typical. Well, he preseason. didn't get ejected. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was good. I don't think he. Was, <laughs> I don't think he took this one quite as hard as Slovenia's <laughs> loss to uh, to Canada. Um, uh, but yeah, twenty five points in seventeen minutes minus thirteen. That's like a worst case scenario for the Mavericks if that becomes a trend. Um, you know, Kyrie stunk today, but obviously that guy can score. They're doing this interesting thing where both rookies are in the starting lineup. And Jay Kidd basically says he says he wants to see them with what he calls quote the big group, and the big groups the three guys who are guaranteed to be starters. That's Kyrie, Luca, and Grant Williams. And so you got Derek Lively the second, and uh, Omax Prosper, Olivier Maxence Prosper, call him Omax in the starting lineup. Um, I I'm I'm hearing a lot of momentum for Derek Lively to to maybe start the season as a starter, which that momentum is definitely picked up over the summer. Um, but the concern is like, look, he looks the part. He's seven foot plus, 240, can jump through the roof. I mean, he is what you want an NBA center to look like. He's raw. He's raw. And the concern is, is this guy gonna like constantly be in foul trouble? Well, he got two fouls in five minutes today. Uh, first five minutes ended up with four fouls in 15 minutes. That's not a great uh, a great indication. And then, like, I, I, I honestly, I don't understand why Omax Prosper is in the starting lineup right now. I don't get it. Like, if you're not going to start Josh Green, if you're not going to commit to Josh Green as a starter, why haven't you traded him yet? Trade him soon. And then, you know, again, we – with the caveat that I'm not going to overreact to a preseason game, uh, the the rookie, the 24th overall pick, who is in the starting lineup for a team that damn sure better win a bunch this season, had a point, a rebound in 18 minutes and was a minus 18. So, like, I don't, I don't get that. Um, you know, there's weird stuff going on with the Mavericks as far as, like, at the uh, – you know, not involving the roster, involving the organization. This banishment of of Casey Smith, who's probably the most respected athletic trainer in the NBA, um, was overseeing that whole group for the Mavericks. The whole, they're basically their whole medical group. Um, you know, he was an essential part of the front office. Put it this way: when the when the Mavericks sent a contingent to Slovenia for Luca's Supermax press conference, Casey Smith was there. Um, he's been on the bench for 20 years. He's not going to be on the bench this year. He's not going to be traveling. It is not his decision. Uh, there's a lot of people who 
there's a combination of people being pissed and people being concerned within the Maddox organization about that. Um, I'm, I'm not going to get into why that decision was made because I honestly haven't gotten a straight answer. I've gotten a lot of secondhand answers and I've gotten two kind of different secondhand answers, neither of which are, <laughs> neither of which are great. Um, and then, you know, you also have uh, Scott Tomlin, who's been there forever. By the way, Casey Smith and Scott Tomlin are like Dirk's best friends. Scott Tomlin, longtime PR guy, is actually going to work for Dirk. He's going to be the executive executive director of Dirk's foundation, um, leaving right after they get home from this trip. Uh, a decision made in the wake of Casey Smith's reassignment. I don't think that decision is made in that, especially with this timing, if everything's honky-dory. I'll put it to you like that. So just a lot of weirdness going on with this organization right now. Well, I was just thinking about it while you were talking. So we've obviously talked a lot about how the Mavs finished 11th last year, right? Obviously, there's the very famous tank at the end to make sure they didn't finish 10th so they could try to keep their pick. Obviously, they kept their pick, led them to get in Derek Lively, who, as you said, may start. So... We all agree for various reasons. Utah, Portland, Houston, San Antonio, probably going to be 12th to 15th in the West again. Likely. Probably, right? So we've talked a lot about how good this top 11 in the West is. So do we think Dallas going to be better than Denver? I'd say no, right? What about Memphis? No, <laughs> right? Probably not, although there's, you know. Even with the weirdness in Memphis, I don't think right. they're going to be worse than Memphis. All Do right, we well, think let's they're... just say they've got a shot to pass Memphis. Sure, say, sure. I don't think there's one, but sure, that's fine. There's one. What about Sacramento? Probably Sacramento's not. good. Yeah. So, so we'll say no. Phoenix, Warriors, Lakers, no. all knows, right? Okay. I don't. I don't. No, I don't see them pass them. What about the Clippers? I mean, probably. I think the Clippers. I think the Clippers are good. Yeah. <laughs> I think the Clippers but are I think, good, but frustrating. I think. Yeah, I think the you Clippers know, will be better than them. Probably, yeah. You just never know with the Clippers, their main guys, how much are they going to play. But honestly, you really don't know that with the, with the Mavericks, especially right. three. So what about the team they played today, Minnesota? Better or worse than Dallas? Well, yeah. I would well, say they're going to be better, but it's another one debatable. To, to get to your point, the Mavericks, if you're optimistic about the Mavericks, you're projecting them to be a, a six in the West. Maybe. That's like the so, most you know, optimistic you can be. Yeah, and you know if you're pessimistic, you're, you're saying, hey, they, they're probably 11 again. Certainly you know could two, be. Two weeks ago, we were just killing time before the season started, and we were like, "Who who's this year's Sacramento Kings and who's this year's Dallas Mavericks? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then the executive listened to the pod, and he sent me a text. This year's Dallas Mavericks are the Dallas Mavericks. Well, and, and, and we've talked about it before. If that's the case, it could be a disaster next summer. Two guaranteed years left on Lucas' contract after this year. Yeah. Like, if they finish 11th again, or they're 10th and losing the, lose the play-in or well, something. Uh, well, let's just say it goes well. I mean, Luca and Kyrie, let's say it goes well. It didn't go well last year. Let, let, let's, let's, say say that, well. let's say that they are, with the additions that they've made, that they end up being a you know, 12, 14th ranked defense. If that's the case, it will go well because they will score a lot of points. Sure, sure. They'll probably be fifth or sixth then, probably. And then they, they probably lose they, in the first round. Well, yeah, if they finish sixth and they lose in the first round to the Lakers or mm -hmm. the 
Suns. Whoever you can, I mean, yes, you can argue that's a step forward. Well, if they lose to the Suns, it's a real problem because Luca and Booker do not like. It. <laughs> <laughs> I that love that. Would be a, that would be a, that would be a painful one. Hey, Christmas night, baby. When we were at that game, right. man, um, you were at the Dallas, and I asked Devin about about his stuff. He's like, "You guys are always saying, you guys are always saying you want rivalries back in the NBA, right? Yeah, you got it." Yeah, and 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 I Luke love Luca's in. I'm in the room with Luca where he's saying, "Yeah, hey, tell him just don't talk until there's you know don't wait till there's three seconds left to talk. If you want to talk, talk." <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, go on. I think what you're getting at is, hey, it's hard. Well, like to they, hard to they could have a really good year and be done in the first round, is what we're saying. Yeah, and you know, again. I have to drink carefully because I have to deal with these guys on a daily basis or a new <laughs> daily basis. Um, Luca got all up in arms, or you know, not all up in arms. He he called me out in a press conference at the end of last year when I reported accurately that the Mavericks were operating with the fear of if it doesn't get a whole lot better, he could ask out as soon as next summer. And you know, he he kind of was like, I didn't know I'd requested a trade. It's like, okay, dude, that's you also. I know it's your fourth language, but you... you he's not of, actually treading carefully here, uh, Bontemps. He said no, he was going to, no, but he's not. This, no. this, no. This we know, a, everyone who <laughs> listens to the pod knows that he, there is no capability to yeah, tread carefully. Trying. This is me treading carefully. <laughs> I just You're treading re- carefully is just taking people out left and right as you go along. <laughs> I will reiterate, I will reiterate, I've said this a lot, I do not believe Luca will look for reasons to leave Dallas. Now... You just might not have to look very hard. That's the concern. That's <laughs> yes, the concern. Yeah. It's like, it's like you know, hey, I'm not walking down the street looking for a fight, but somebody might come up and punch me in the face. You know, and and if last season he got punched in the face with it, might be Luca. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's my thing. I was just thinking about it while you were talking. I literally pulled up the standings as you were listing off all these issues. And again, it's one preseason game. We're not saying that's why this is the case. No, like, we're not. We're not basing it on the on today's. Performance, but if you, but they, that. their ceiling is just not very high compared to these other teams in the West. Well, they would probably disagree and say that when you have Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic, two guys yeah. who have the possibility of being, you know, Luka's a first team All NBA player, and Kyrie, if he plays well and everything goes right he could be a second team all sure. NBA player and yeah. if you have those two guys you can you can win 48 games i mean look, got, for, to the game we, to the game we played last week it's not like anybody was saying sacramento was going to be second last year or third or wherever they finished right like that wasn't on the board for people so yeah certainly they could do that i mean they've got but, arguably the best offensive tandem in the nba and by the way, even and and the hope is that the chemistry between those guys will be better because they're going to have you know, they talk about, well, we'll have a summer. They didn't see each other all summer, but they will have a training camp, a full preseason, you know, plenty of practice time. Simple fact of the matter is their offensive numbers with those guys on the floor last year were damn good. But they still went 5-11 and 11 in the games both of those dudes played. I and know, so- but they were terrible in the clutch. And one of the things we talk about all yeah. the time on this pod is that clutch numbers are highly variant. Yeah. And, they, and, and for like no reason – they could win their first five clutch games this year. The point well, is, though, their margin of error is not enormous. Well, and you said it, man. It's about the defense. It, like, that is going to be the key. Because, yeah, if you have Luke and Kyrie, you're going to walk into points. But if you have Luke and Kyrie, you're also going to give up a good amount of points. So, like, 
can they be a league average defensive team or somewhere well, in that, that ballpark? That's that's probably why Jason Kidd is looking at having Lively and Prosper out there. Because yeah, is, sure. isn't Prosper, Prosper's got good length. He's hoping he can defend. Yeah. Grant Williams is there to defend. Mm-hmm. And Derek Lively is supposed to well, be. Play, how about you play Josh Green, who's actually a good defensive player and isn't well, a rookie. I, I think uh, I think that's what's going to happen. I think Josh Green will start. And like I said, we'll see on Lively. Um, I just don't think he's going to be able to play a ton of minutes because I think he's going to foul a lot. Um, and the hope is that Lively, by the end of the season, has really come a long way. Um, which is, look, I, I do think Lively is going to be a really good rim protecting, rim running center. I just don't know if he's going to be a really good rim protecting, rim running center as a rookie. Yeah. And last year, Dallas was, I just looked it up. Dallas was 25th in defensive rating last season. Yeah. So if year before Dallas was seventh. Right. So if they can get to 15th, like, I think 15 is a good number. Like you said, if they can just get to league average, they'll probably be pretty darn good. If they're 20 to 30 somewhere, they're probably going to be struggling to get out of the play-in, and then that's going to invariably lead to a lot of questions next summer that they're not going to want to hear in Dallas, probably. Well, and, and honestly, the other thing is, if they don't get off to a good start, you've got to worry about stuff. Yep. you, know? you got to worry about chemistry. You've got to worry about pouting. You've got to worry about all kinds of things. And, you know, kind of getting back to some of the weirdness on not involving the roster, the two people who've probably spent the most time with Luka Doncic since his NBA career started in that organization, one has been banished to supervise a broom closet for reasons that I do not understand. And one is leaving the organization when they get back from this trip. So, you know, I storm clouds gathering. Yes, they say in Texas. It's just not a time to have stuff that doesn't directly involve basketball to be weird. And it is. So, more Hoop Collective podcast after this. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and leveled up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts 122 million for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusion supply. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, on Yeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. All right, let's talk about the champs. Denver Nuggets, who are in San Diego 
for training camp this week. What a great place to have training camp. I didn't know we were allowed to talk about the Nuggets. We sure are. We nuggets are going to get mad we're talking about the Nuggets. They won't they'll, they'll be happy. They won't be oh, happy they can no. say nobody's hey, talking about them. Hey, Michael Malone, you know him. He doesn't pay attention to me. <laughs> you know Michael Malone doesn't need I mean, Don't like, pay attention at all. Oh, oh the Lakers have <laughs> been talking about us? I didn't. I, who, who had any idea? Well, uh, a little back and forth. I don't know what really started it. I think it might have been Anthony Davis. I would say uh, it was definitely Anthony Davis on Monday at Media Day. When he said... Um, all right, all right, we get it. Y'all won. Me and LeBron had some conversations like we can't wait to play them again, which, by the way, is opening night on ring night. I think it's the fourth or fifth time, by the way, that LeBron has had to be at a ring uh, opposing team's ring night. So he's had his his four ring nights, and I think this is like the fourth or fifth opposing ring night he's had to go to. Um, by the way, LeBron is now officially the oldest player in the NBA. But anyway. Uh, Trivia question. <laughs> you know who's second? Only because this came up this week when I was around. Um, Joe Ingles. No. He's just bald. Jeff Green. No. That's a good guess. Believe the answer because he said it on the podium on Monday. is P.J. Tucker. Oh, oh wow. He said being the second oldest player in the NBA is pretty insane. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah. He likes it. Insane. With multiple years left on his contract. That's true. I might add. That's right. Um, more years on his contract, more guaranteed years than LeBron. Is that true? Uh, but he's got one more year. One more year. Okay, I thought he had four. Okay, I'm more guaranteed. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so it's an interesting back and forth. Michael Malone, of course, you know Michael Malone. Like after they won, like to the victor go the spoils. You get to talk your talk, and he did. You know he uh, he, you know after the he got upset in the playoffs when he's like, is anybody still talking about the Lakers? It's on them. They've gone fishing. We're still playing. Then at the championship parade, he was introduced as the Lakers' daddy. Then they won on Pat McAfee and joked he was he was uh, thinking about retiring, like LeBron said he was thinking about retiring. And um, so this week, uh, I think Austin Reeves he he didn't really talk trash. He just kind of mentioned it. No, I and, love how um, Austin Reeves basically said we we know they were talking about us. Like, Oh, gee whiz. You think <laughs> I tell you what, man, that Arkansas education, buddy, you really figured that one out. He also wants Oklahoma. I'm talking about the high school and none of these guys study anything in college. Give me a break. So this is what uh, Michael said this week. Oh, they're talking about us. That was what, four months ago as if they're not still oh, yeah. living in that glory. Oh yeah. Uh, I can't speak for anybody in LA, but if they're still worried about us, that's on them. And Bontemps, I wanted you to pay close attention to this next part of this quote. Okay. I'm right. No, I knew this was coming up. Hey, get out of the room. I'm ready. Wait, get I'm ready. Room. I'm ready. The, the, this is a new season, a new challenge, and it was a hell of a series against them. I know it was a 4-0 sweep, but all those games seemed like they went down to the wire. Hey, there it, it is. The it, most competitive said, sweep in the history of the NBA. Again. Hey, he, said, he said, I know it was a 4-0 sweep in his little eyebrows. <laughs> I know it was a 4-0 sweep. I mean, I the Lakers, what are we doing here? He got swept by these guys in the playoffs. What are you doing saying they're talking too much trash? Are you, what, what are we doing here? Go beat them in the playoffs. Then you can say whatever you want. This is insane. Winning a championship means never having to say you're sorry. That's right. It doesn't. This is all. This has been a. This is a ridiculous week of this. 
I just yeah. I was my eyes rolled the back of my head when I heard these Anthony Davis comments on it was, Monday. It's I was like, delicious, on, though. I, hey, listen, it's good. Drop. It's great. It's oh, great listen, drop. we love it. Listen, we it's as we talked about before with the Devin Booker thing. The NBA is at its best when you have real rivalries and teams with real history. And yeah. now you've got you've got real history with Phoenix and Golden State. You've got real history with Phoenix and Dallas. You've got real history with Denver and the Lakers. You've got all sorts of history now with the Bucs and the Celtics and with the Sixers oh, in the Bucs and the Sixers and the Celtics. Like the the league, like that's hey, what's he, been frustrating. He, 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 Jimmy and the Heat got beef with, you know, they got his. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, with no, the Celtics and the, and the Bucs. Yeah. No, like that's the thing. Like this, James, obviously this James Harden thing is going on. It'd be hey, nice Dylan, if we could get rid of this. Hey, but, Dylan Brooks said he can't wait to play the Grizzlies. Well, I mean, that there will certainly be interesting, but like that, that has been the thing. It's been a slight frustration about the James Harden thing for me is like now, especially with the Dame trade off the board, like this season is just set up to be awesome from a basketball standpoint with all these storylines all over the place and all these awesome teams. Seriously, James, could you just like hand your business so we can focus (laughs) on all the school girl, you know, school girl gossip stuff that really matters or just the awesome games we're going to get. I just can't wait for the season to start. I, I think it's got, it's just got a chance to be, well, I'm looking forward to incredible. I'll tell you that. Yeah, it's I mean, going to be like, if you want to shove it up either there, you know what? Beat them on their ring night on their floor. Oh yeah, baby. We'll be hey, watching that. I believe LeBron, Brian LeBron and I did exactly that to the Mavericks. Wendy, I don't know if you remember that one, but oh, yeah. uh, it was a Christmas day opener. Cause it was off the lockout. Yep. And the heat beat the Mavericks by approximately 612 points. <laughs> can I tell my, can I tell my David Stern story from that day? Yes. That's your so, pod, man. You can do whatever you want. So that so that was the day the remember there was the lockout and the season opened on Christmas Day and Heat at at Mavericks. Mavericks mm-hmm. raised the banner on the Heat's face that the, that they won off of them. That is not something that almost ever happens because you very rarely have interconference games on opening night. Very right. rarely are you send it. I mean, it does happen occasionally, but um, so the Heat had to sit there and watch that banner that they lost there go up to the Raptors. Mm-hmm. And David Stern was there because he handed out the rings and he was sitting in, 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 uh, in Dallas media still sits on the floor. Thank you to uh, Mark Cuban for that. And David Stern was sitting. I might be relocated. (laughs) (laughs) Tim's going to be on the roof. (laughs) Um, David Stern was sitting, David Stern was sitting in the front row. May he rest in peace in the front row of this, of the stands uh, right yeah. behind uh, us. Mm-hmm. And before the game, he, uh, unlike Adam Silver, David Stern likes to give press conferences and David Stern or liked to give press conferences. And David Stern would, every time he was in town during the course of a season, he would hold court and be glad to take your questions and shame every single answer, every single question. Adam Silver is, is very happy to have your questions. Uh, David would shame you if he didn't like your question, which was frankly. So he had, before the game, he had a press conference. He was very relieved. The lockout was settled. Mm-hmm. Basketball was back. He had gone through hell for s- six months, and now he was feeling good. It was a celebration day. So we're sitting there before the game, those of us in the in the press conference, or those of us on press row, and we're writing our stories about um, the press conference that David's turn had just given 15 minutes earlier as they're getting ready to do the ceremony. And Ira Winderman, longtime beat reporter for the South uh, Florida Sun Sentinel, Fort Lauderdale, covers the heat since 1988, is sitting there writing. And Ira, you know, Ira, you know, he's, 
He's not a spring I mean, chicken. We got, we know we know Ira. The people don't know Ira. Well, Ira, you <laughs> he's know, he's Ira's not like a spring say, chicken. <laughs> he, the the type on his screen is enlarged, and, um, <laughs> and uh, David could read it. He's just reading right over his shoulder, huh? He is. He exactly, and he makes a comment to Ira about his uh, his copy, and Ira turns around and goes, "You're not supposed to be looking over our shoulder." And David goes, why not? You guys look over my shoulder every goddamn day. <laughs> I could I could picture that exchange between That's Ira fair. and DJS. <laughs> so I'll tell you what, every day that goes past, I miss David Stern even more. But um, that's what I remember from that day. And yes, I will look forward to that. And yeah, uh, I'll be in New York. I'm going to go to the um, Celtics Knicks home opening. Nick's home opener, season opener for the Celtics. Uh, and I tried to get Bon Temps to not go to that game. McMahon, I said, hey, you know, the Cavs and Nets are playing down the road. Yeah. But he's What actually happened was Brian game. said, you know, I could get on the subway and get over to see my favorite team, the Cavs. But oh. it's just too much work. And I don't I don't I don't use the subway because I need a I chauffeur don't. to get me around. So I'm just going to go to MSG. That was the that was the exchange. Uh, when are you still a Cleveland radio star? I don't know if I would call it a star that that it's under negotiation, that contract. Oh, okay. Okay. By the way, uh, getting a little housekeeping. I, I checked your work bond temps, PJ Tucker. Uh -oh. I, I do believe he is the second oldest. Yeah. The one I checked was Chris Paul. And actually I remember this cause they were teammates in Houston. PJ is one day older than his Carolina. Oh, wow. Wow. And Maybe that's PJ why knows that, it. I'm sure that's PJ why he knew. Knows it. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure that's why he knew it was the second oldest. Right. That he said that honestly, he said at the press conference the other day, my head shot up. I was like, oh wow, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. I didn't I didn't realize LeBron was first. It's crazy. Yeah, it was actually if you go on the NBA's Twitter account, um the um I don't know who somebody came up to LeBron. Uh I have a I can speculate it was Jim Ice, but I, I don't know if it was, but he said, Hey LeBron, you're the oldest um player in the NBA has a feel and he like let out a mock screen yeah. and then ran down to the court and Tom Hogg dunked. Wow. So just in case you think that he, the old man can't still get up. So, um, well, we're looking forward to that, that nuggets Lakers game on opening night, lots of stuff yeah. to happen between now and then bond temps. I look forward to you. Uh, I think I'm hoping Harden talks on Friday, but who knows what they will. Well, by the time we do the pod after the game on Sunday, who, who knows what will have transpired in Sixers land. Absolutely. Um, all right. Thank you for listening to Collective Podcast. Thank you to Jackson, our producer, who was up all night the other night. And Jackson, I hope your sleep is getting better. Putting him through the oh, ringer on the first listen, week of the season. Okay. Wendy, you at least waited until your 40s till you started giving sleep updates. <laughs> Jackson's still in his teens. You don't get teenage sleep updates. That's right. That's right. I'm not doing this. How about how about congratulations to Jackson's Syracuse compatriot? Drew Carter, Drew Carter being named radio or television voice of the Boston Celtics. Well, that's like, you're 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 shoving Mike Gorman, Hall of Famer, Mike hold, Gorman out. Hold on. Well, you just interrupted as you as you oh, are known to do in the Hall of Fame. Pulled a bond temps. Mike Gorman, congratulations to Mike Gorman, who is going to do his last year there this year go. for the Celtics after 40 years or something. Um and uh, he will do the home games and Drew Carter will be doing the road games and then eventually take over. 
And I'm just so glad that somebody from Syracuse finally had something good happen to him because well, it never so happened. Glad, glad that journalism program finally caught a break. I know it's been rough. Um, it's been a real struggle for guys like Noah Eagle who have had a lot of struggle, a lot of struggles. Actually, I love Noah. He's great. And, so, and Jackson, um, our esteemed producer. Of obviously. course, it goes without saying. It goes without saying the man doesn't sleep. The man doesn't sleep in October. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the uh, Loop Collective. We'll talk to you in a couple of days. Adios, amigos. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply.